Gets open for three. Dagger! The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions! You like that? You like that? I like that. FP, there's nothing complicated about this show at all. My name is Joe. His name is FP. Two-man show. LP may join us in a little bit. We got a special guest coming up in the second half of the show as well to preview the Washington football team heading down to Atlanta to face the Falcons, the Dirty Birds. It doesn't happen frequently, but when it does, it usually doesn't end well for Washington. So, We have a lot to talk about, and we're going to get into all of it. But, FP, before we get into the Atlanta-specific stuff, let's just talk about the NFL at large. large. There's a couple things that caught my eye now that, you know, the season, or sorry, week three is over. What caught your eye over the past couple of days? A lot of great matchups. There's a a really couple, what, two or three really good 4 o'clock games and an entertaining Monday night broadcast because Eli and Peyton just make everything fantastic. And we can we should talk about them as well. But what caught your eye? One team, one play, one player, etc. Um, the 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 thing that caught my eye the most would have to be the Cincinnati Bengals by far. It's coming into this Thursday game where you're going to have Burrow versus um, the Jaguars, whatever his name is. Uh, it, the Bengals turned around faster than what Washington is doing, and just seeing them take down Pittsburgh and sort of shake up the entire division and look really well. I mean, Jamar Chase looks good. Burrow looks strong. They didn't let, they they broke the Steelers sack record of 75 games straight with a sack. I mean, nobody expected the Bengals to kind of start the season this strong, especially with Burrow coming off his injury. And I just love when divisions just get rocked and, and go against expectations, including the chiefs being at the bottom. It's just, it makes for great football when, when the storylines don't, stick to how they've been the past few seasons. Yeah, the, the Chiefs are an interesting story. And, and I think it's worth noting that Pat Mahomes is doing things that he's done in previous seasons, but the ball's getting tipped and things are happening that haven't happened to him in the past, right? He plays loose. He plays fast and loose. And that's, you know, that that's fine. That's his style. It was weird to see him try to throw on the run, throw balls behind receivers a little high. Like he's missing some throws that he's been making in past seasons and yeah, like you said, the, the Chiefs are the Chiefs are playing from behind now in some of these games. The Chiefs have lost consecutive games for the first time, I think, in in his tenure as as the starting quarterback. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. You know, the fact that the rest of that division, the Broncos in particular, are looking competitive and pretty good. You know, and something that really caught my eye too, specifically with 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 Mahomes, I feel like there was a little bit of extra respect put on you know Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. I mean, the Chargers look like a really good team, and we saw them here in Week One. Yeah, they look like, like a, a really good team for them. If that was a primetime game, it, I mean, the Chargers would be on the top of every news cycle. Even just beating the Chiefs alone, but I mean, yeah, Herbert looked great, and the Chargers of old—they always found ways to lose games, and all of a sudden, they're finding ways to win games. And if they can just clean it up a little bit with their penalties and all of that, I mean. The AFC in general, come playoff time, it, it's hard to tell who's going to be there. I mean, the Raiders look great. The the, I mean, there's so many teams that's just kind of 
shocking everybody right now with with the undefeated and and just comes a lot. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on. And you know, speaking of an AFC team, the one team that I want to talk about, and it, it pains me to to bring them up or bring them into the conversation. And somewhere, somewhere, I think Razzle is smiling. Right. I, I want to talk about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, you know, the Ravens. Two weeks in a row, if you're a Ravens fan, and I am not, I am not a Ravens fan, let me just be super clear, not a Ravens fan, they are, I mean, they don't have many offensive weapons outside of Lamar. They, they don't have a real running back. Their best wide receivers got butterfingers, drops a ton of passes. Hollywood drops a lot of passes. But two weeks in a row now, Lamar has made things happen in the fourth quarter at the end of the game on a fourth down to beat, to beat two really, I mean, one really good team and one really bad team, two opposite extremes. But, you know, that was the thing that caught my eye. Everyone's going to focus on the record-setting, you know, Tucker field goal. And it was awesome. And right. and the the video clip of, of the, you know, the, the Lions, Lions fans, fans like, oh, we won. No, we didn't. Yes, I totally <laughs> get it. But Lamar converted a fourth and 19 to set that up. Fourth and 19. Yeah. I mean, here in Washington, we can't convert like third and two. This guy converted a four, a fourth and nineteen with no timeouts to set up his, his you know, to set. It's a desperation. Like you, you got to think Harbaugh at that point. Even Lamar, they're thinking this isn't going to happen. You know, we gave it our best shot. We're going to come up a little bit short. They end up winning the game. If you're a Ravens fan, that's two weeks in a row you didn't expect to win going into that fourth quarter or late into that fourth quarter, and you come away with a win. Th- that's the type of thing where you know momentum. You can't. You can't. You know, it's something you can physically see or touch, but that's the type of thing that a team can build on, right? I, I think so. I mean, the Ravens to me are the surprise of, of the of the NFL right now because they shouldn't I be mean, that good. They, their record, their record shouldn't be what it is, but good for them. They're they're definitely playing on on a magical season, hopes and dreams, and I don't know if it's sustainable, especially just with how strong the AFC is in general. But when you look at Harbaugh on that team, and this is kind of a dig at the Washington Football Team. It is a much better coached team from yeah, top well, to bottom. Well, stability at that position. And look, Ron Ron's been here now for you know a season and a half or whatever it is. He's he's got he's got twenty games under his belt as the WFT head coach. And this was a statistic that caught my eye. He's been behind in sixteen of those twenty games. Right? You're not going to win. You're not going to win many games if you are trailing eighty percent of the time at the end of the first quarter. I mean, that's a pretty damning statistic. And it's something that you know. Well, I got I pulled a couple of his sound bites from his radio hit earlier today um, on local radio here, and we can listen to it and kind of talk through it. They both like it was a twenty minute interview. There was two different clips, about a minute each, that I, I isolated because I couldn't believe he said it. One was about you know uh, Taylor Heineke and the quarterback play, which maybe maybe I can get on board with. The second was about like expectations for the team as they go into Atlanta. I, I couldn't believe what he said, and frankly. You know, I, I listened to it and then I turned off the radio. I went to the gym. I did some other stuff. And then I came back to the interview. I was like, wow, this this soundbite doesn't it's not very confidence inducing. Like as a fan, I, I don't know if I want my head coach to be saying this type of stuff. And we'll get to that in a second. But Razzle, did anything catch your eye around the NFL week three? Any team in particular? Don't do the Ravens because I already talked about the Ravens. We'll let it go. You can smile. You can, you know, high five to you for for calling that out. But what caught your eye week three? You know how good the Rams came out against the Bucks. This guy is so predictable. <laughs> so, do you have a do you have a do you have a back uh, back tattoo of uh, Sean McVay or the Rams yet? 
you know, I, I wish I had a back tattoo of Sean McVay on my back, you know. I feel I, like you're going to pull a full Ben Affleck I mean, and just go get, just go get a come, huge oh, Rams He almost combusted after they had to leave that at halftime. He was yeah, so his face bald. exploded. I mean, did you see Deshaun Jackson, our Deshaun Jackson, running down the field and catching that ball at 75 yarder? No, I mean, the Rams were the story of the weekend, you know. And I, I don't know if Tampa had their eyes set on week four. Um, the big Sunday night the game. Great uh, return. Goat yeah, the great goat. return. Brady, but Belichick reunion. Um, I don't know. That was, you know, c- kind of clouding their uh, preparation for the week. But I, I, the story of the Rams, the story is obviously Aaron Rodgers, you know, and what he was able to do. Getting uh, yeah, 32 seconds left, no time. Yeah. Left. Plenty of time for Aaron Rodgers, apparently. I mean, he's back. I mean, we went from, you know, two weeks ago. I know. Thinking, yeah, we went from you know basically saying he's done and he's gonna quit, he quit on them to now they're you know I was looking at the ESPN power rankings today they had him in the top five, you know. Yeah, I mean he, he's making me eat my words, Joe. I mean that's the honest truth. I I, yeah. I said Rodgers and the and the Packers were the big story after Week One because of how how terrible they looked and frankly that defense still looks terrible. But Aaron doesn't look terrible anymore, and I mean, and yeah. Devonta Adams doesn't look terrible either. You know, but let's talk about him for a second. Should he been? Should he have been on the field to end that game? Well, Given the know, hit, it was a helmet to helmet. He clearly uh, he was not responsive on the got field. Big star treatment. He got nah, big I mean, star yeah, treatment I mean, on that one. Those rules are only there just on paper. I mean, they do what they whatever yeah. they need to do. What I thought you were referring to were the Niners leaving too much time on the on the on the clock uh, on that last drive. But you can't really blame that on Garoppolo because he 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 threw a, like a little hitch out route to. Uh, to the fullback, but he just kind of powered his way through and got into the end zone, leaving 37 seconds on the on the on the clock, and allowing Aaron Rodgers to get you know two plays. Devonte Adams just found holes in the defense. I don't know what kind of defense that those that, that guy. He was targeted like. 18 times. When was the last time a Washington football team was to, anybody? No, we, didn't I mean, even, he, we didn't even have 18 pass attempts. 18 times at one guy. Well, you can't even compare that. I mean, we don't have a receiver. The Cal- Devontae Adams is, is, you know, in the discussion. We may. Top- we might have one. We might we, have we one. We don't have someone who's in discussion to being if, the, the if top receiver If you gave, if you gave Terry Aaron Rodgers, I think he would be better. Well, that, that, I mean, we already know where this conversation is going. Would Aaron Rodgers come to Washington? No, he won't because this team's no, not No, no, no. I'm not saying Aaron oh, come yeah. here. I'm saying once we lose Terry oh, okay. to a different oh, you mean, team. You mean normal Washington sports yeah, uh, happenings, he will right, be, where our best players leave and then become exactly studs. Right. You know, he it, he it, will go seven straight Pro Bowls. It's funny. I saw my dad today, and he was, he was talking about the game on Sunday. He's like, where are all of our old players? Where, he left me where Ryan Kerrigan was, and he thought Sean Jackson sprinting down the field. I'm like – I mean, he was making a good point. All of our players leave and they go have success other places. Well, they go they go places where there are ties back to Washington. That that's always the thing that kind of and it's it, you know what happened is Steve got this into my head and I can't undo it now. Like the the tree, like all how all the the dots connect back to the football team in some way or shape or form, right? Like the the Jay Gruden coaching tree is everywhere right now in the NFL and super successful, and they're very successful. Jay is Wait. not. Is it the Jay coaching tree or is it the Shanahan coaching tree? It, it mm. might be both. It, right? I guess but my it would point be the is Shanahan. All, the Shanahan right now, was, was, okay, but right now Kyle in San Francisco and 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 Sean McVay in in LA with the Rams. Lafleur with Green Bay. And exactly, like they're all they're all looking great offensively. Defense. I mean, McVay's in a different class, you know. And and it's just all these guys were on the same staff here. 
All of yeah. them were they're here. All, they're they're all friends. They're all like they're uh, all like I'm they sure they are. Off I'm I'm and sure even they are. The, the tree goes a little further down. If you know the offensive coordinator, or the Jets. I know the Jets. I mean, they're been yeah. It's the brother, it's brother a, right? Yep, for his brother, his little brother Matt. Uh, no, sorry, Mike. Mike, Mike. That, ruin, yeah. that ruins the point if you bring the Jets' offense into this. Yeah, I know. but Give the point is weeks. the point is that they're 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 successful elsewhere, and McVeigh looks. I mean, that guy's younger than us. I mean, Sean McVay's younger than he's younger yeah, he's than me. Younger than you guys. He may yeah. Be, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not younger. He's than a baby me. by he's NFL 40, standards, and he's forty he's doing and great. zero when leading by the half. Forty and zero. Yeah, that's God, an insane I mean, stat. If we hired him as our head coach, there's no way he would be forty and zero. We no, no, I there's think no chance. We lost him after like a couple. Once he was flirting with getting some head coaching positions, we should have fired Jake Gruden on the spot and hired him. Um, it wasn't going to happen. It, well, we can't do that. I'm going to get depressed. Just re, yeah, that's so many years <laughs> ago. So many. Green, that's yeah. so many quarterbacks ago for the football team. Just we gotta we gotta well, move past. Speaking it. of quarterbacks, what's the status on uh, RG3 still tweeting us? Is he still trying RG3 to get his job? needs to just stop? Like I I I don't think I've ever come across somebody. I mean, social media is crazy. It's it's the it's yeah. the it's the home of crazy people in general. But this guy just never just never stops tweeting. And it's and if you, know, you and I and I make the mistake every time of going through the comments and it's 50-50 of we miss you, we love you, we should have never got rid of you. And then the other one's just just people just dunking on him and saying how terrible he is and just go focus on being an announcer. So he just gotta stop. Like just go be whatever it is that you are going to go be. You know, I, I don't I don't know if you guys are, are hip with, with the young kids slang now, but he's He's what we call zombieing now. So ghosting is when you just leave the person that you're hooking up with and you leave them on red. They have no idea what happened to you. Zombieing is when you come back after ghosting somebody trying to get back in the door. Ah, that's what RG3 is doing you right very now. much. I, I think that's I the title. That. That's the yeah. title of this episode. Yeah. The zombie. zombie. Yeah, got zombie. It. Sometimes they just name themselves. That's perfect. That's perfect. Let's. Like I know we didn't get a chance to talk about it, boys. We did the we did the post game show on the Contender Network on Sunday after the loss. It was it was rough then. It honestly it still feels pretty rough now. The team just didn't didn't play well. I mean that that's just the very simple honest truth. But now we're starting to get into like the pile on territory. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Brian Baldinger started talking about effort, lack of effort on the on the defense and the play that he noted and posted online. It was like the fourth play of the game. It wasn't the forty-fourth play of the game. It wasn't. It wasn't some meaningless garbage play. It was literally the fourth play of the game. Did you guys see that clip? Because I saw it. Yeah. And I honestly, I, I remember thinking to myself in real time while watching the game. It doesn't seem like Duran's running really hard. It doesn't seem like. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a lot of open space and there's no one in it in front of Josh Allen. But to hear that come from somebody like Brian, who who he's not a hot take guy. He's not a. He's not a talking head. He's not a no, me, me, me type of person, right? Video that, backup. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, what, what did you think of that? I mean, you guys, you both watched the game. I, I don't know if lack of effort is how I would have defined it. It was an embarrassment because they couldn't get anything done. But watching it in real time, I didn't think lack of effort, like that wasn't what was coming across my mind. FB, did you think differently? I, I could tell that we weren't sort of flying around and playing at a high speed. And the thing that I was zoning in on is sort of chase young's two-point stance where he just stands with his hands on his hips and he doesn't look like he's really focused on getting that quick twitch release off the line that all the great defensive ends have and kind it's kind of his game kind of his style but it's it's terrible and when you notice that and you see him 
last second or haphazardly get into a stance, it kind of flows down that defensive line. And you, you start to notice that everybody on that line and, and you hear it in, in the commentary and the coach talk and everything, or they're not communicating, they're not doing anything. And it all looks like they bought into their own hype and they're like, Oh, we can manhandle anybody, but then no effort, no fire comes out of it. And it's, it's infuriating to see. And then you see chase young, he's quoted saying like, I feel like everybody right now, we know we have to change. And then his immediate next sentence is something has to change. So even talking to us, it sounds like they don't have any answer as to why they're being so terrible, so slow, so lethargic. But maybe, like, maybe he's got a point. I mean, Razzle, did you think he had a point with the effort? I mean, he, he definitely does. I, I mean, I feel like that comes down to coaching. I feel that I feel like it comes down to culture. I mean, I, there seems to be a disconnect um, w- with the coaching staff. I mean, I know Jack Del Rio. You know, he he's had success as a head coach. We were successful. You know, last year we had a pretty stout defense. But are are they just not able to execute? You know, the game plan, or, or are they not just able to just uh, you know do what they need to do? I I, I don't know. It it. it, it you know, whenever I hear, you know, lack of effort or, or checked out, it, 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 there's something else deeper going on. It's something a disconnect with the coaching staff it, or a disconnect with the culture. There's, there has to be something more going on than just, you know, just not executing a game plan. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. And I think if we're going to put it, I mean, I would put it more honestly. Now, you know, it's two days later. I would put it more on the coaches than on the players, right? Yeah. The, the players aren't that much different than the players that were here last year. You can certainly argue that the caliber of opponent is better than what we were facing last year. And that's a fair point. That That's the point Stevie makes all the time. And that's a very fair point. But the coaches have had the same people in front of them for months at this point. You've got to know that, that Holcomb can't cover a tight end in the flat. You need to, you have to know by this point that you know Montez Sweat is going to give you three or four really good plays and then need to take one or two off to catch his breath and come back in, which is totally fine. Like you have to know that you know your cornerbacks are susceptible to the deep crossing route because your safeties tend to cheat and get burned. Like you, you have to know these things, right? Jack Del Rio must know these things by at this point. You know, I know it's only three weeks in, but they've been they've been working with the same players for a long time. So some of this has got to be on the coaches, maybe maybe the majority of it, frankly. And I want to play this clip. This is this is Ron Rivera. I'll do my best to kind of start and stop, and we can talk over it if we need to. But this is Rivera talking about um, about Taylor Heineke in particular, about his play um, against the Bills. Listen to this. Maybe that Thomas is is, is 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 hey, go out and make the right play. Make the right play because it's the one you should, not because it's hard or not because it's simple, but make the right play. If the right play is throwing a check down and throw the check down. If the right play is throwing the nine, throw the, way, the nine. The right play is running run. That's the you know, that's the thing. You don't want him to try and do more than he needs to. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's the thing that got him in trouble. Okay, mm-hmm. those picks came on when he tried to force the ball into situations that he he should know better. But, again, when you're put in the position he was, and, and, again, we didn't help him defensively. We could have been better, okay? Now you feel like you're pressing, like you have to, you must, you got to. And what happens? The stress steps up. You force things, and bad things happen. And that's really what happened. I thought, I thought if you really took, took a step back and looked at the situation and how Taylor handled it, I was very pleased. Mm-hmm. It's like that last touchdown drive we had, okay? 
you know, being in the situation we were, talked to Scott about it and said, hey, let's don't get into this two-minute drill stuff. Let's stay focused and let's drive one down there and let's put points on the board and let's do it like we would in any portion of the game. And so that's how we handled that last drive that we scored on. It was very methodical. Taylor did the things he was supposed to. He showed us that he can do it, which is more important, and it was a good a good way for the offense to finish the game in spite of the score. Right. You know, and, and, and I'm just going to look. I mean, who wants to go first? Cause no, I, mean, I mean, we were down 21 nothing in early in the second quarter. You know, I mean, of course he's going to make those plays. Of course he's going to try to. Yeah, I mean, you're body. playing the Bills preseason defense at that point. Right. They, I mean, they, don't, they don't care. It's not like we he was put in a position where you know it was a close game throughout the throughout, and he was you know trying to keep up and manage the game plan. I mean, I'm looking at it here. The Bills were up 21 nothing with 10:48 left in the second quarter. At that point, you have to change. You have to throw out the game plan. You have to try to force things and make plays, or else you're you know um, you're not you're going to end up with the same result. So you know, I mean, I mean know, that I, that soundbite, Joe. To me, that soundbite, like I, I didn't like that. I, it's this, garbage this is, coach talk. Garbage it, coach talk. Yeah, and I get some of it is you know he's not going to go on 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 you know public airwaves or national airwaves and and game plan openly and and criticizes. I get that, but this idea that he walked over to Scott Turner and said, "Hey, don't start running the 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 no huddle or the two minute offense. Let's just go methodically down the field and look to see what we have." I would buy that in a preseason game. Okay, like okay, fine. Like you 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 want to see what you've got. You're evaluating players. That's what it sounded like to me. Again, initially, first cut or first time I heard it, okay, like he didn't want he he wasn't necessarily throwing in the towel, but at the same time, he you realized maybe that the game was out of reach. The second time and the third time and every time I've heard it since then, that clip, that sounds like a coach who knew the game was out of reach and he was evaluating everyone on the field. That that's what it sounds like to me at this point. Well, you knew that game was out of reach when he did that Bobo challenge that everybody oh, uh, knew. We, we can't Oh my goodness. Everybody yes. knew that yes. wasn't going and and Ron's like crap. I, I need to find a way to keep this offense on the field so that we don't get boat raced by the Bills. And he yeah. knew that was coming. And the the, uh, the entire comment that he just had that that whole clip when you watch the game, you can see like the first half, somebody somewhere told Heineke, don't run, don't yes. scramble, stay in the pocket, make these passes. That did not work. And then in, in the third, when when we were almost on the the grip of momentum, you saw him sort of get comfortable and start using his athleticism. And that's when the offensive side of the ball was clicking a little bit more. And for Ron to be like, Ron essentially, I think, went against what he initially told Heineke. So it it's, tells Heineke, don't run. The passing doesn't work. And then Ron comes out and he's like, well, he needs to be smarter with his decisions. Yeah, You, you handicapped your own quarterback with his own, the thing that makes him special. Yeah, it just bothers me that you're not, at that point, you're either, you're either admitting that the game is out of reach and you're evaluating your players or you don't have any faith in your two-minute offense, and you're just saying, just don't make it any worse, basically. Something about that soundbite just doesn't sit well with me. I, I got to be honest. It just, I don't like it. I don't like it. And frankly, I got one more clip I want to play for you guys. We can react to this one, too. He was asked by one of the, the hosts on the show uh, if, if Sunday was a must-win, if Atlanta Atlanta's a must-win. Listen to this one. Season left, but you to be one and three with all those good teams still looming on the schedule. This is a big one. 
And Matt and Matt Ryan is not Josh Allen. He he can't bounce around and run and beat you with his legs, but he is a veteran. He has won MVP. He won an MVP. He knows the game, and they've got some skill guys. So, but what do you expect? Could you expect your line to take advantage of his immobility and get to him this Sunday? Well, what I expect our guys is to improve more than anything else. I, I expect them to, to, to work hard this week, develop, and, 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 and get ready to play a football game. Do you think it's a must-win? No, I don't. There's plenty of football games left to play. But to me, I think this is a game you have to play with, with, with urgency, though. I right. think you have to understand I mean, I that every opportunity you get, you got to take advantage of it. You know, they're, they're, that after this week, there's still 13 games. Right. Okay. And, and as far as I'm concerned, it's just one at a time. It's such a bad. It's such a bad look from Ron. There's 13 games. How many of those games are winnable, Ron? I, I was gonna say, Ron. Do you know we took the over on the eight and a half wins this season? <laughs> Does he know that we put money on that? It's There's so no bad. way that that McVay or Bruce Arians or any of these other coaches are like, oh yeah, it's not a must win. There's a hundred percent. They go out to their team every Tuesday after uh, after their rest day, and they're like. This is a must-win game. I don't care if it's the Jaguars, the Washington football team, or the, the Buccaneers. This is a must-win game. And for Ron to come out and be like, oh, there, there's a lot of season left, that, that's loser talk right there. Well, and frankly, Matt Ryan, I know Matt Ryan is not fast. Okay, He's not Josh Allen. He might not even be, he might not even be Daniel Jones. But the, the way the defense played on Sunday, you don't have to be very fast. You just need to be smart about when you step up and step to the side. I mean, I, I covered it. We we covered it in the in the post game show. We've talked about it in the past. Chase has one move right now, and that's just running a hundred miles an hour. He's he's literally running out of the the TV frame. Yeah. If you're watching TV, mm-hmm. he's running out of the frame and coming back in. Matt Ryan's good enough to understand that that's coming and then step two feet yeah, to the right. One little shoulder dip. Yes, yeah, exactly. So yeah, he's not the fastest quarterback. He doesn't have to be. He's a, he's a savvy vet. He'll know he'll know where to be and how to move around to elude that. I mean, if they can't get pressure, then this will continue to happen. And frankly, I mean, Calvin Ridley is primed here for a really sweet spot. I don't have a clip of it, but Rivera was asked if uh, if Willie Jackson's going if if Willie's going to follow him all over the place and he said we don't know yet. Uh if if he doesn't, he's not he hasn't, he's not even game planning yet. I I understand, but if he doesn't if if we don't have an act, like it, they need two people on on Calvin and I don't really it doesn't really matter like everyone else really doesn't matter uh, for right now but that is a scary matchup right now for this secondary and what else yeah, if he's on game? your fantasy you have to start him yeah I was gonna say the other thing is is Atlanta Falcons team's coming in zero three and hungry for a win you know they lost on the last minute uh, field goal. Guy Washington's zero oh, three. three in reality in no, reality if the Giants two. don't jump offside. We Falcons missed the field a, goal. A, a more realistic one and two than Washington. Right, but I'm saying Arthur Smith and that team are, are looking to get. No, no, no. Hold on, back. hold on, hold on. The Falcons were neck at neck with the Bucks as well until those two very, very fluky interceptions run back for touchdowns. That game and was they close. Handled the, they handled the Giants a thousand percent better than us. I, I, I understand all that, but the record is they're zero and three. The record is the record. And, one and, but you know what? Oh, hold on, let, let's won. talk about that for a second too, because offensive point totals in week three. So the the, the, the Washingtons put up twenty one points, right? Twenty one points in week three would have been good for two wins. Okay, in week three, on the season, get this. This is this is what I was doing today during uh, during uh, tea time, and you, you guys know what that means. Fourteen <laughs> points would be good to win about 14% of the games so far this this NFL season. That's really terrible. 
Right. That's yeah, a really no, twenty one points wins you fourteen percent of the games so far played through three weeks. You're gonna have to get we make up we're talking a lot about the defense here. Offense is gonna have to score points too. And frankly, they looked at times like they were able to move the ball. So I'm not that concerned about the offense. I think they will you know, Atlanta's they're not we won't call them a soft D. We are a soft D. We're a very porous defense. But they should be okay. But the defense is going to have to do something. They're going to have to do something. And frankly, Atlanta doesn't have, as far as I'm concerned, and we can we have a guest coming on. He can he can he can help us get smart on the Atlanta, you know, skill position players. I think Cordell Patterson is the leading rusher, like who was he once a wide their receiver, running back, receiver, pseudo. Yeah, he's a yeah, fantasy stud because he's got that yeah, RB RB the, wide receiver yeah. thing. He we might even make him a tight end too, right? Designation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, literally a Swiss Army too. knife, which is kind of cool. But they shouldn't be able to run the ball effectively against against Washington. They are going to. They will, they but they shouldn't they be able to. Oh. So, I, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that that one clip in particular? I think this is a must-win for the football team because it doesn't get any easier from here. Like, Atlanta and the Saints back-to-back, these, these are the last two truly winnable games for a long time. That's how I see it. Do you guys I'll, disagree I'll play, with me? I'll play devil's advocate against you guys, and I'll say I understand where Ron is coming from because start of this season – by week four, everybody expected Washington football team to be one and two. Nobody thought we were beating the Chargers, maybe a toss-up. Everybody knew we were losing to the Bills. So coming into week four as a one and two, from a coaching perspective, the ship is where it needs to be. And then you look at the Falcons, and you're like, this is a winnable game. It's not a must-win game because we're still kind of, we're one and in the division. We're still kind of on track from a coaching perspective. Kind so of. I see where he's coming from. But when you look at the product on the field, you cannot say yeah, that. Well, you know, and looking it. at the product on the field last night too, the Cowboys are a really good team. That, don't even get me started. It took us this long to bring up the, the Cowboys, Cowboys. Are a good surprised. team, and, and, we are and frankly, Dak scored a touchdown. The fact that they the zebras are not overturning calls, which fine, whatever. If that's the way it's going to be, he scored a touchdown. That wasn't a fumble. Yeah, that's that was yeah, a touchdown, that's right? So the Cowboys are better than we expected. The Eagles probably are on par with the Washingtons. I, I think so. And the Giants are clearly the worst team. Well, here's But the then thing. again, they almost beat us. Are they, though? Are they? Here's yeah. the thing. It is a must-win because, like you mentioned, Joe, the Saints are coming up, and the Saints look good. Famous Jameis. They, they went up. I and mean, they're not and good, but they're better than us. They're better than us. Okay, then we have the Chiefs. You know, okay, well, I know they're, they're one and two, but they're still the Chiefs. Then we have Aaron Rodgers. He's good. The Packers. Then we have, you know, your your other favorite team, the Denver Broncos, who are, I mean, I know they they played garbage. Yo, they, your boy's going to be, your boy might be in Denver for that game. Oh, okay, okay. You yeah. got to take a picture there. Make sure you can breathe okay. Bring a oxygen mask. I can't. Mask your, boy, your boy's not, 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 not mile high shape over here. But yeah. I think we'll get ready. You might need to bring some oxygen with you. Um, yeah. They, they got to yeah. win this game. They, they have, have to, to win, win this game. game. Oh, no, if they don't win this game, we got to cash out on that eight and a half uh, wins. Uh, yes, bet, absolutely. Uh, because this season's over. Absolutely. Now, if, and if, and if we you, don't win this game and you go all those losses in a row coming up after it, yeah, you got to start selling pieces of this team for some better draft picks yeah. by the trade well, deadline. That's tough to that's, hear. That's the way we're going. If you don't win this Falcons game and you get blown out by the Chiefs, the Packers, the Broncos, the Bucks, even the Panthers with their better defense and McCaffrey's probably back by then. And then the Raiders, like you're screwed. If you don't win this Falcons game and you're no. screwed, look, you have to only, start selling pieces. Deron Payne, bye-bye. You're going by the trade deadline. The only silver lining here is the Falcons, a one. the Falcons don't seem to score a lot of points, right? They put up six in the opener 
and, and got run over by the Eagles. They put up 25 to the Bucks, but that game was actually closer until those two interceptions. And then they basically they, they squeaked by the Giants, you know, 17 to 14, with just a just a poopy performance from both teams, to be honest. But it, it's it's just interesting to see how they're built because Matt Ryan, for, for better or for worse, he's still somewhat efficient. He went 27 to 36, 243, and two touchdowns. I'm I'm just looking at the box score really quickly from Sunday against the Giants. Uh, yeah, the leading rusher. I mean, Mike Mike Davis. How how old is Mike Davis? Went 12 for 50. Cordell Patterson, Cordero Patterson, seven for 20. He was also the leading receiver. Uh, six for 82, Calvin Ridley, you know, eight for 61. Kyle Pitts, I, I think Kyle P- I mean, I, I, I know. I'm waiting for our friend from Atlanta to get on so I can ask him why I spent a high pick on Kyle Pitts. Because, I mean, because he's supposed his, his to be a breakout amazing. game? His he's breakout game, breakout game coming, coming in week, week four. Yeah, I mean, yeah <laughs> well, it's perfect timing. Well, look, Pitts we get, Bostic, it, it's yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. He's yeah. The, the Atlanta offense is about to get really right really quick because the right. defense, the Washington defense, just doesn't look very good. But look, why don't we pause here? We'll take a quick break. On the other side, we'll welcome in uh, Tyrone from the Forever I Love Atlanta Sports Podcast, Fila. He'll join us to preview Week Four matchup between the football team and the Falcons. We're gonna take a short break, and we will be right back. This is DTC. We are taking a short break, but we will be right back. In the meantime, check out our YouTube channel, which is updated with content regularly. And if you haven't already, find us on your favorite podcast platform and hit subscribe. You can find the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and Twitter. Just search for DTC or Defeating the Curse. Thanks for supporting us. The show will be right back. Oh man, does this take me back? This takes me way back. Everyone's just shaking their head. Everybody knows this jam. Everybody knows this jam. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. My name is Joe. This is the second half of the DTC podcast. We welcome in Tyrone from Atlanta. Covers all things Atlanta, all things Georgia. Actually, we got to we got to know him a little bit when he was in the green room before we started the show. Tyrone covers all things Georgia, all things Atlanta, including the Atlanta Falcons. Podcast is called the Forever I Love at Forever I Love Atlanta Sports Podcast. You can get it everywhere you get your podcasts. Tyrone, welcome to the show. How you guys doing? Uh, I'm just listening to you guys in the green room. Uh, I want to talk to Rizzo about Kyle Pitts. I know that's yeah, not, please I do because that. I wasted a high fantasy pick on him, and now I'm one and two in my league. So, so Kyle Pitts. Um, well, you guys were talking about the John Gruden, the, the Jay Gruden coaching tree. You guys know Arthur Smith is from that coaching tree as well. He's from the Shanahan system. So it's a little bit like you say, I mean, remember he left Washington, went to Tennessee, and he thrived. Like, I mean, it's a lot of those people, like you said, a lot of those guys, we had Shanahan here too from Washington. He came down here and thrived. So 
for Atlanta. But he did more without, than thrive. He, he led you to the Super Bowl, which we, we won't talk Matt about. Ryan MVP. But, so yeah, like you know, MVP season, right. yeah. So I mean, for for us, like Arthur Smith, everybody in the fan base is tired. Like people, you know, you know, you get a new coach. It's just like, man, why, why are we not getting this guy? You know, we drafted him fourth overall. Why are you not using him? I mean, you look at a certain group, like, I know these guys weren't hot picks, but Travis Kelsey didn't, you know, his first season wasn't, you know, a lot of the guys you brought, we we brought, you get brought in, like, Darren Waller's first season, he was really not efficient. Like, but Kyle Pitts is slowly getting into his rhythm. I don't know if you guys, you, you probably didn't watch the Giants game, but at the end of the Giants game, Kyle Pitts got us in field goal position. He was the person that got like his for his first two catches of the game. But Tyrone, we want to know when when is this the week he's going to go off for like six for one twenty five and two touchdowns? It seems like it's not what it right seems like is Calvin really going to have a breakout game. Oh um, well, yeah. Um, but mind you, you're I don't know you guys like linebacking court, but if Kyle Pitts goes one on one with a lot of guys, we were looking for him. I don't go the one touchdown we scored in the fourth. When we were, I'm one of them. The first, it might have been the first touchdown when Zacchaeus caught it. We were looking for Kyle Pitts on the jump ball, and they double coveraged him. And I don't know what the Giants defense was doing, but we had a soft coverage in the middle, and he threw it to Zacchaeus. But we're looking for him now. We're starting to get him more involved. Like everybody, you know, everybody's just like, man, you know, you got to get Kyle Pitts involved. But it takes time with Arthur Smith. Like his offense is predicated on running the football. You bring in Mike Davis. You bring in Cordell Patterson. How old is Mike Davis? Mike, he's not that old. Is he in this? He might be thirty something now. I think so. I'm close to that. Uh, that that's ancient in, in running back years. Yeah, in running back years, yeah, he he's he's getting up there. I mean, he's mind you, he went to South Carolina, so he's 28. Yeah, so okay. he's been uh, he's been in the league for a while. You know, he's he's been tossed around, but for the weapons, I know you guys are talking about weapons. We have I want like I said, I want to talk about Kyle Pitts because you were talking about Calvin. You said you, other guys. Hayden Hurst hasn't had a breakout game yet. Kyle Pitts hasn't had a breakout game yet. Calvin really hasn't had a breakout game yet. Zacchaeus. This week, I mean, the this whole week offense hasn't had. I mean, your whole offense hasn't Yeah, had nobody's a had a, a big game. Matt Ryan, the, be, the best game Matt Ryan had was versus Tampa. And that was 25 points. And then everybody was like, wow, Matt Ryan is starting. Because people were trying to say he would look bad. I mean, Matt Ryan now has 40 game winning draws in his career. He's, tenth, he's tied for 10th in NFL history. So... I mean, a lot of how people. How many of that has come in the last five years, Tyrone? I mean, Matt Ryan needs needs a new change of scenery. He needs to. I, he needs to. Exactly. Of, like, need I'll to say. I'll put it like this. I'll, I'll put it like this. So Matt Ryan in the last five. I guess I go from twenty seventeen. after the Super Bowl? Six, he hasn't been seven. the same after he lost Kyle Shanahan. He hasn't been the same. Well, no, twenty eighteen he was. If you look at his twenty eighteen stats, he literally had an MVP year again. I mean, twenty sixteen. He threw, what was it? He threw for 2016. He won MVP was 49, 44. He was 20 yards off in his 2018 season. So, I mean, he had the same. It's for Matt. I mean, he has to learn. He's gotten a lot of shakiness. I don't know if you guys like the coaching changes we've had since 2016. We fired at least you, haven't had, you haven't had a consistent offensive coordinator. No, we haven't had a consistent offense. And then Dan Quinn ran our defense. Yeah. So, Dan Quinn's looking good in Dallas. That defense is looking pretty good in Dallas. He's gonna. I, I'm. I'm gonna put it like this. He's gonna do the big same thing. He with uh, what's the guy they drafted this year? Mike he's Gordon. doing the same thing like he did with Vic Beasley with him. He's trying to move him from outside linebacker to to DN, and I I don't like that. I never like Dan Quinn's adjustments on defense. I don't know why. 
Like we saw uh, versus have Tampa. Have you met Joe Barry, who doesn't make any <laughs> adjustments? His Torpedo defense is doing better than the we, 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 I've dealt with Dan Quinn five years. Um, first year, cool. You knew he had coach. Second year, Jesus Christ. It was the hoopra. You know, everybody's, we're going to Houston. We're going to Super Bowl 25, 25, 28 to three. And then all of the, the, the defense literally collapsed. Like if you look at that, the defense collapsed and the offense can't run the football. We want to throw the ball every play. So then we get – and then Shannon, the thing that made us mad is that when you get the reports, they were celebrating the locker room at halftime like they had already won. Shanahan comes out and says, oh, yeah, I should have ran the football. But, you know, I, I just thought it was better to throw it because we threw it to Julio to play before. So you guys have you guys have the rebuild, right? So Shanahan's gone. You're, Shanahan's you're, gone. Nick has gone. It is, right? Let, let's admit- call it the rebuild. We will. I mean, you can call it that. We say retooling. I think we're trying to say retooling, but it's That's more of a rebuild. Right. Come on. Yeah, it's more of a let's rebuild. Be, let's be realistic here. Coming, in, coming into this season, I don't think, I, from what I've seen, I don't think Falcon fans were very optimistic about the win-loss column and, and how the team would do. Starting 0-2 was terrible. Getting your win versus yeah. the Giants is great. And now it's very possible, looking at your schedule, that you can – possibly be five and two because yeah. the, the schedule's in your favor so from a falcons fan is is the season going what you were expecting in preseason is it going better is it going downhill i, I want to add one on top of that too falcons fans must be looking at this game as a very winnable game uh yeah so for uh you know like i i like for fan base wise when we look at like we you know i know you guys put out like the oh take the under and all of this when we saw when we saw the schedule, like we went zero and two, right? We, you know, lost the Eagles. Everybody's like, "Well, that's the that was a basic." We didn't play none of our starters in preseason, so we were like, "Okay, that's the dress rehearsal. We'll take that game." You go to Tampa, you know, you get real, like you said, you get real close, and then you get two tip passes for pick sixes, and it was just like, "Okay, this game, it was a winnable game." Like we don't know what would happen if he doesn't know those two pick sixes. The box score looks horrible. But when you watch that game in whole, you're just like, oh, that was a really, really close game. It's Tampa fans that were scared about the ending of that game because they were like, we might lose to Atlanta. So then you get to last week where it was like uh, – it felt like it should have been more, you know, but it felt like a defensive battle, which was really weird. I wasn't expecting that. But our defense in the end held up. And when we get to this, we were like – when we were looking at our schedule, we were like, yeah, this could be a five and two team by Dallas, and the worst, the, the hardest team on the schedule was definitely was we were like, well, we go to you guys, then we play, we play, I forgot who we play next. We go, I know we go to, oh uh, yeah, the Jets. We go to London, then we come home. We got to play Carolina. It's a, it's a couple other teams in between that, but it seems we should beat. I mean, like if you look at it, how it should look, we it's teams we should beat. So it was kind of sort of on schedule. I'll put it like that, FP. It was like on schedule, but it was when we started off 0 and 2, it was all pandemonium. Because everybody this year, if, I don't know you guys probably don't know Falcons fans, but Atlanta fans in general have a tendency to panic. We have PTSD from a lot we of stuff. We don't know anything about that here in DC. We, we, we don't panic at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we went 0 and 2, and it was people calling for Matt Arthur Smith to get fired. So, you know, like, and it was his first, like, and, and, and it takes a lot of mental toughness to be a coverage person down here. Because it's people that come in your chats and be like, hey, 
you know, we should fire everybody and just restart everything. Get rid of Arthur Blank and get rid of like the man that's been supplying. And people don't understand the Falcons are in twenty two million dollars of cap debt and in dead space because Julio was 17. We're still paying Desmond Trufant. Let's, let's think about that. So and he well, has I mean, realistically, though, Ty- so Tyrone, realistically, I mean, this team is not going to challenge for. No, they're not going to challenge. No, I, I, they're not going to challenge. No. You know, We're are they a playoff team already? Do you th- you think they're a playoff team? I Could think they we be can, a playoff team. I think we can get nine and seven. I think. I mean, no, it would be nine and seven. I think or nine, nine and, and eight. Nine and eight. And that's that's being optimistic. Like my over under, I think this year from the team was was I think we said I think I said I think I said nine and I think we're gonna get nine or ten wins. I think that's what I said. So I, I was thinking that for a while. I was gonna say that's a bit. I mean, obviously, you know, Tampa's the head of the class, but both the Saints and the Panthers. I mean, Panthers are undefeated. You know, they're doing some work out there. Like like my thing is for for those teams. Like I, I know everybody's like, man, they're undefeated. Like you guys from the outside, we're never scared. I, I don't know. I know we like remember remember Carolina went undefeated one year, right? Yeah, the Super Bowl year. They went fifteen and one. Came Who was the team they lost to? They lost us. Oh, okay. I mean, so yeah, like, like we, our division, we're not scared of the division. Like, I don't, like, it just never has been like, you're not scared of famous Jameis? No. Oh, Jesus, no. We watched him in Tampa. What about Ron? Are you afraid of Ron? I mean, you've got some experience covering Ron, right? I mean, obviously, he was with the Panthers for all those years. Ron, we, tell us something about Ron because the sound bites, the sound clips we heard today and that we covered on it, they don't sound good. It's the same Ron we've had for years in Atlanta. I mean, it's the same thing we've heard from Ron Revere in the NFC South for years. Like, he had Cam. When Cam got there, you know, he was like, oh, we got Cam. So, I want I want to point this out. When he – so, he – his record versus Atlanta, I did – you know, I was talking about in the green room. He's 6-11 and 11 versus Atlanta, right? That's his career record versus nice. Atlanta while he was in Carolina. He literally has gone multiple seasons versus Atlanta losing both games with Cam Newton. And that's when Cam Newton was in his prime. He's had good years with Cam and lost both games versus Cam Newton, I mean, with, with, like versus Atlanta. He has never like I don't know what it is. It's like a curse for him or something. He'll get a win <laughs> in twenty. I think what whatever year Cam started the whole dab thing, right? He that started the dab twenty fifteen, right? Yep. You go look from like twenty fifteen to like to before he got fired. He's lost more games than he won since that since they did that big huge picture in Atlanta and they did the dab. They had lost so many games versus us. And it's you're, just you're like looking at a scab for me because the more Washington football fans look into the the truth behind Ron Rivera and his coaching career, the less pretty it looks. If it you looks remove horrible, that one man. magical season with Cam in the Super Bowl run where they lose to an insane Broncos team, somehow with JDR as a defensive coordinator. I mean, I'm I'm with you on that, FP. There's there's a lot of like it's this scary. Like the hands crossed on the sideline. Yeah. He's not he doesn't look lost the way Jay did, right? At times he looks maybe not interested, but again the sound bites to me were, were very they were the very sound bites, the, the sound bites and I and I told you I was gonna listen to him because I, I went when the guy was like Matt's not as mobile and you guys were talking about you know the the pass and the Matt in the pocket. I watched Chase Young. I watched Chase Young. Like I, I, I he's one of my favorite. He was one of he came out of the draft. That was my guy. I was like okay Chase Young will have a, a great season. He has two moves. He has a swim. He hasn't used it this season at all, and he has a bull rush. And he likes to do that bull rush because he thinks he's fashioning everybody. Yeah, the he's swim going is reserved for his Under Armour commercial. That's it. <laughs> he's That's going. He's going to. 
Um, he's going versus a how many years is this now for Jake? Almost ten years. Almost almost close to ten years for Jake Matt. I think twenty fourteen. He got drafted in twenty fourteen. Uh, all pro Pro Bowls uh, left tackle. Now he will have if he goes on the stunt. He will have Jalen Mayfield. But if you go look at Jalen Mayfield's college tape, he literally destroyed Chase Young. So it's some things where he your your D line and everybody was I was listening like there I was the defense for you guys has been shaky. I and everybody was thinking you guys want like we it was so funny because like preseason we as like when we were doing draft and stuff we was like man we want to build a defense like Washington Henry Atlanta like the young talent and the young core and then you guys like start off and everybody's like whoa. I would aim for shaky at this point in the season. Yeah, I would take shaky as well. They they started off not so fast last year either, but the expectations this year, I mean, they either they're buying into their own hype or, or again, I, I put some of this on the coaching here in Washington. You got to make adjustments. You got to know, you got to know that your guys what they can and can't do. The linebacking core from top to bottom, every single one of them, not very fast, and that that's okay. But that means you need more of them on the field. You need to cover more space. You need to play a little bit more zone. You can't. You can't expect them to drop back and cover. Frankly, I don't. I don't ever want to see Chase drop back into coverage. Like that is that's going to hurt versus Kyle Pitts. I hope you guys like like. Well, like I said, I mean, we're expecting it, right? This is yeah. like we said. We said it at the jump. Like this is the week that everyone on Atlanta is going to eat, and everyone on the offense is going to get right, and everyone's everything's going to be great in Atlanta on by Monday morning. And and I'm fearful that in Washington it's going to be the opposite. I mean, for Washington to go into Atlanta and win this game. Antonio Gibson has to touch the ball more than 10 times as a running back. J.D. McKissick is going to have to run, touch the ball more than more than eight or nine times he's as a, a running back. He's a wasted piece on my fantasy team right now. J.D. I mean, McKissick is a wasted piece on my fantasy team. Mind you, he's from Atlanta. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to draft J.D. McKissick. And then he just hasn't had anything. I mean, he, look, he, aver- he averaged seven yards a carry. I mean, they, got, they just got so far behind that they had to move away from the running game. I mean, Washington's game plan has to be run the ball effectively first. And then sprinkle passes here and there and let Taylor do what he does. It's, it's going to have to be that way. I would imagine the Falcons game plan is the exact opposite. I don't think the Falcons have any interest in running the ball, whether it's with Mike, with, with whoever's back there, which, whichever yeah, this entity is the running hybrid back. Hybrid running back Cordell Patterson. Cordell, yeah, oh, I mean, Cordell, Cordell, Patterson. Is Cordell is the most godsend person. He'll have a big game against us. He, we, we love Cordell here. Like, like What happened to Todd Gurley? You guys just, just, we cut him. He got cut early. He's a free agent. Yeah, he's a free he agent has, right he now. He got knee, cut. Come on. And, and mind you, I don't think it's Todd. And, and I don't blink as Todd Gurley's fault last year. Our, our We had Starkeesian as our OC oh, last year. Starkeesian was horrible. Yeah, like it, last year was just garbage. Have you met like, Scott Turner? <laughs> most vanilla play I mean, call no, no, ever. No, I mean, but, but that's why the Falcons have such a great record against the Panthers because they face Scott, Scott Turner every time. And it's true. It's true. I yeah, mean, I mean, if you look at if you look, but if I mean, if you look at what like you guys are talking about, the, you got to run the ball, mind you. We do have Deion Jones, who is, and we have great, we have Grady Jarrett up the middle. We're developing our D tackle with Marlon Davidson and Saquon Graham. You still have Dante Fowler on the edge, who has now, I think he has almost two strip sacks in the last two games. We also have um, Foyer, 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 and Foyer, yeah. still have really Foyer. Linebacker. He's one of the, and that's why I feel like, like when people don't think, when the people say our linebacking core, they don't mention Foyer, I'm just like, no. Foyer yeah. is, and then you, you might have AJ back this week because he has a concussion. You might bring AJ back this week. Um, you're probably going to get IO. And Io has been, um, and mind you, we call, we're calling him a bust last offseason. 
and he came out this season. That's the there's Dean piece. There. There's some pieces on the on the Falcons defense that if you can maintain your health and, and get all your pieces on at the same time, it could be a scary defense. Yeah. I think that's the, gonna, the, I mean for you guys, I'd rather I want to see McCorn stretch the field. Um for you guys. Like I think well, no, if he don't have AJ, they don't call pass play for more than ten yards. No. No, it won't, if it we won't don't happen. have if we don't have AJ, you guys have to like take advantage of that because I mean, mind you, we do still do have TJ Green, who is another. He's a younger guy, you know. He came from Clemson, which is funny because you know Fabian Monroe, who came from you guys, he played for you guys. Um, is here in Atlanta. Um, he's our cube. He's our our cornerback too. But he's mind you, he's not going to be here next year. Um, if TJ Green put on a performance like he did versus Washington, I mean versus New York this week. And you have AJ, and you have Io playing nickel. Yeah, you won't see you won't see much of Fabian next year. I mean, Ron, then, Ron did mention that there's a chance that uh, Curtis Samuel they're going to check him out tomorrow. I guess at practice Wednesday practice and see. But I mean, it's a long shot for him. I mean, until, until he's on the field, I don't think you're going to see McLaurin running running any routes deeper than you know ten or fifteen yards. And, and it's, it's not going to work. It's kind of sort of what we feel like with Arthur Smith. But mind you, Arthur Smith's whole playbook. If you know Shanahan's playbook, it's run the football and play action boots. It's a lot of that in there. It's not a lot of deep shots in that in that playbook. When you do get a deep shot, it's on a play action fake, and it's probably your tight end. Like, we scored a touchdown versus the Giants, which was, I mean, Matt Ryan threw the, did the most perfect fake, and Lee Smith, out of all the tight ends we have on this roster, Lee Smith catches, the, you know, he catches the football and scores the touchdown. And so it's like, you have to. We have to realize, like this, this team, and and for and this is like for like Falcons fans now. Like we stress so much because what we went through with Dan Quinn and Mike Smith and all these other guys. It's just like it's it's sad. I mean, like the fan base is is depleted. Like it's it's bad. Really, it's really. I know. I know depleted fan bases and being sad. Intimately. Yeah, deflated and <laughs> deflated and defeated intimately. is what we do here. That, that that's uh yeah maybe that's the next time when we rebrand DTC again it could be the deflated uh the deflated <laughs> fan base. Tyrone, I I put on Twitter that I would take the under on the points. I don't think this will be a high scoring game. It sounds like you disagree with me. I think the line. Razzle, you have to check me on this one, but I think the line is at 41 and a half. 48. It's 48, 48 is right now. 48, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely taking the under. I, I don't see how either of these teams is going to get to 20-plus points. I just don't we're, see it. We're favored by one and a half. Should we take that yes. now with the under? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You guys I mean, does anyone, you guys does anyone like the over on the points? I'm, I'm, I'm 100% on the under. FP, you're going over? I. I think you have to go over. I don't think defense is going to play a role for either of these teams on Sunday, and it's just going to be a what-the-hell-is-happening shootout type of game that nobody expected. I, don't I think, think nobody wants to see Matt Ryan really in a shootout, I don't think you guys want to see Matt Ryan in a shootout. Definitely uh, not. No, of course not. I just, I just <laughs> don't have – Maybe just, five years ago we were scared of him. I don't think now we're scared of him. Come oh, on. you haven't seen Come Matt on. Ryan. He still has zip on the ball. He might be 36. He no, still we, has a little. We, just saw, we saw a shootout on Sunday. I think we're done with shootouts for a while. Yeah, that was bad. One way, I, one way bad. shootout. It was bad. Josh I really thought you got and I have a I had I had like I think because we saw you guys' defense being so good last year. When it did get good, like when you saw it develop, we were like, Oh yeah, this is gonna be one of the tough defenses in the league next year. And it was just like you get to this year, and it's like, whoa, what happened? Like, what did you – what? like, I don't know what 
I don't know what it is. It's really Nobody weird. Does. Nobody has an answer for that. The players don't. The coaches don't. The fans don't. The media doesn't. <laughs> That's Nobody Ron Revere for you, though, man. I mean, that's Ron Revere, though. Like, like that's what you get from Ron Revere. Every every time his team just starts slowly depleting. If you I want you, if you guys can one day just go back to listen to Carolina Ron Revere. And when he before he got fired, he went five and five that year, right? He got beat so bad. He got, I mean, he got killed by the Falcons. Everybody he got beat was, by oh. us. I wasn't yeah, one of yeah. the reasons he got fired. Yeah, it was, I think it was you guys, it was the Falcons. He went five and five before he got fired, but it was time at, at a certain point. Remember, they sold the team. We knew Ron was going to be leaving once they sold the team, right? Because he got he kind of sort of got buddy buddy with the owners, and you know you do one miraculous one. Well, I mean he he's buddy buddy with the owner now. I mean he's part of the name change committee. He's part of the rebranding effort. He's part. Of, I mean he brought the entire Carolina staff with him here to DC. The yeah, whole staff is here. I mean, I'll give you guys a hot take now. I don't think he'll be our coach next year. He doesn't seem like he wants to coach anymore. I know he has had health issues and all that stuff. He just seems his whole demeanor. You, Joe, you mentioned it with the arms crossed. I don't, I don't think he's in this for a long time. You know, Razzle, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I always kind of had the assumption from the day he was hired, Ron got brought in for a quick culture change, right. maybe two, three seasons. And then after that, I think everybody knows. And I mean – Maybe Dan doesn't know, but Jason Wright and everybody else knows. You have to get a young gun, like fresh talent, offensive mind, like, like the ten we in. used to have here, like the ten we used to have. Because when you watch Monday night's game, the trajectory of the Eagles and the Cowboys is completely opposite from us. You're not going to win in the NFL building a, a strong defense. You're going to win by building a team that can put up forty points like it's nothing. Ron's not yeah. that guy. He's yeah, he's Ron, the culture Ron, change Ron's guy. Not that guy. Well, Tyrone, if you look at you look Tyrone, at. Tyrone, yeah. we're going to get you out on this question here. Give us one player to watch for the Falcons uh, on Sunday, besides Matt Ryan. One player that, that that's going to be the the key, the MVP. Please the, the, call me Kyle key. Pitts. Kyle Pitts for my fantasy team. It's, well, for your fantasy team, I'll tell you Kyle Pitts. But the one player I think you need to watch, and he's going to it's going to be a defensive. It's going to be a defensive guy for us. Uh, Dante Fowler. I don't know who you guys' tackle are, but watch because he's gotten a, a three four system for him and Dean Pease. Has brought something back in Dante Fowler, so I say watch out for him. That's fair it's enough. Like Tyrone, where can Tyrone, there. where can everybody find your podcast? Um, you guys can find me on YouTube at Fila Sports. Um, uh, Forever I Love Atlanta Sports Podcast. Um, we're slowly getting on the Spotify and other platforms, so you guys can most definitely find us on there. Um, and that's and Twitter, of course, is Fila underscore SP. My uh Twitter, of course, is Call on Tyrone ATL. Um, we're covered. We cover every sports in it all. I mean, all sports in Atlanta and in Georgia. Um, so you guys, you know, if you guys have want to watch, I don't know, the Nats are out now. I was going to say you want to talk about the Nats, but um, you know, games for the Nats and it's uh, it's game over. With, well, our magic number is five, so we had to beat the Phillies, and I think we're winning right now. But other than that, no, you just it's just everything Atlanta. Come come talk to us. Uh, hopefully, we play you guys again. And I don't think we. Uh, <laughs> Unless both we, these teams make it to the playoffs, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, we won't have to play any other sport. No, to, we'll, uh, come on, we'll play with the Hawks and the yeah, oh, yeah, you guys, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Oh, we got we got some Wizards controversy, Razzle, for the next show when LP gets back on here. We got to talk about some of his some of his hot takes yesterday. Reeling the media about the vax. Too many vaccines. Uh, hundred percent vaccinated Hawks team. I just want to point that out. Uh, yeah. You don't have to worry about that. We yeah, are we the got, opposite of that. We got the caps. Caps are vaxxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, the caps yeah. are. That's right. That's right. Tyrone, thank you very much for making time. We appreciate it. Everyone, check out his podcast, the podcast. 
I love Atlanta Sports Podcast, Fila, on Twitter and all other platforms. Tyrone, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it very much. We may pull you back for a post game. We'll see. We'll see how the game goes. If we're in a super sour, if we're in a good mood. Yeah, if we're in a good mood, we might we might call upon you to come and talk to us. <laughs> Usually, when we lose, we don't want to talk to anybody. So we'll have to wait and see. But thank you very much for making time with us and for hanging out with us. Always, always great being on with you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Tyrone. So, boys, a couple more things, and then we'll uh, we'll break ourselves here. I think the key the key for Washington going into this game is going to have to be to run the ball. They're going to have to they're going to have to be effective running the ball. They're going to have to keep this game low scoring. That's why I'm on the under myself. I don't see how they can go into Atlanta and and compete in a shootout. I have I do have faith in Taylor. I think he's improving. He will continue to improve. But in that building, it's it's not a, it's not a super hostile environment, but I just think that if it's low scoring and the defense can do some things a little bit better, maybe maybe get some dirt on Matt Ryan's uniform this year because or this this week because they couldn't do that against Josh on Sunday. If they can keep the, if they can just be a grind out game, you know maybe don't give up twelve minutes of possession in the opening frame to your opponent, like just little things like that. You know, I, I think they have a shot, but I I think I, I'm not hopeful going into this game. I'm not. Can, can we? Uh, I know we're, we're wrapping up here, but can we get into the Mannings uh, Week Three success uh, that they had last night and uh, how we're going to miss them the next couple of weeks? I think they're back. I think they're taking two weeks off. I think a couple. I, they mentioned it last night. I think they have a couple of weeks off. Yeah, we we call that in the business. We call that contract negotiations, right? Exactly. Because exactly. no one is going to tune in to that that the standard Monday Night Football. Can we, I will can, watch it. Joe, can you get us in for week? Can you get us in for this week? I you would. To step I, in for I'll them? send can our we? tape. I'll send the demo, the DTC demo, and say, look, we are happy to provide the alternate alternate yeah. audio um and you know and i won't put deodorant on and i'll do yeah. this the whole time too just so, just so peyton i'll, I'll bring my peyton. dad to come sit on the couch yeah. with us yeah. i'll talk no. about how proud my mom is we got yes it. and razzle you can get up and do the salsa i mean yeah. everything everything about that broadcast is perfect, is perfect. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. literally perfect I, I don't i don't want the regular uh, regular broadcast i don't need a play-by-play and i don't need a i don't need a color analyst i need peyton and eli ragging on each other and and just calling and stuff out. Down and the game. They yeah. look. They did the impossible. They made LeBron likable. Yeah. They made LeBron likable. That yeah. is. That is. I mean, he was great. I was. I was not angry seeing him on TV and and talking and and hearing him in a different world compared to NBA. It was. It was actually kind of refreshing for LeBron. Yeah. He. he honestly, he was great. He was great. Yeah. I, I don't know. Any final thoughts, boys? Before we put a bow on this one, Razzle, you got them winning or losing on Sunday. No, we're losing. We're going we're gonna to lose this one. But you're, t- you're taking the over, but a loss. So you're saying the offense will do better, but ultimately a loss. Yeah, I mean, I can see us getting behind like we did last week with the Bills and then, you know, us, but keeping it close. But I, I think the Falcons are going to take this one. I think they're going to build on the momentum from last week. And, and, and it's going to start a downward spiral. I, and you know what it is? It's just hearing the clip from Ron, seeing his demeanor on the sideline. I, it just doesn't feel like... This just seems like there's something off behind the scenes, and I, you know, and that translates to to the execution on the field. So I, I'm gonna early this week. I, I'll I'll have to look how the line you know slips throughout the week, but I think it's gonna be the Falcons. FP, who you got? You got the Washington Football Team. It's gonna be a snooze fest until the fourth quarter. Both offenses wake up 28-17, like typical Washington fashion. As soon as all fans give up hope. They're going to come out and do something to reel us back in. So you're on the under with me. You think it'll I'm stay on the under. under? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, there it is. There it is. Razzle, thanks for making time. FP, thank you for making time. Tyrone, thank you for joining us. Appreciate the insight into all things Atlanta Falcons, the Dirty Birds. I think that's the first reference we made to the Dirty Birds. Um, it should be an interesting one. It should be an interesting one. We're, we'll probably do one more show, but leading up to it, we'll see with Curtis Samuel. It, we'll see if he, if he practices on Wednesday. That'll be news. We'll probably record on Thursday. So if you're listening to this on the Contender Network, Make sure you check back in on the DTC feed. You can find the, the, the podcast on basically every single platform you can imagine, including YouTube, Spotify, Google, etc. But yeah, let's see what happens. If, if Curtis, even if he's maybe probably not even going to, even if he doesn't intend to play, some positive momentum in that regard would be really positive for the team. And, and you know, again, Ron's not going to publicly game plan, but you know, it, it, rumors of him maybe being available would be really nice. I, I think it would be really nice. And frankly, McLaurin is the one that stands to gain the most benefit from Curtis coming back. I mean, it's going to be a while before he's going to stretch the defense against against anybody and just unload with speed. But this this team needs some of the offensive firepower to to play better. I think it's going to focus. I think the game plan is going to be Gibson heavy. We will have to wait and see. Well, well, I mean, that's it. Joe thinks it's going to be a shootout, but a loss. FP thinks it'll be a snooze fest until late in the game. He's taking the under. I'm taking the under as well. We'll get Stevie's opinion and LP's opinion later on in the week. For now, my name is Joe. This is Defeating the Curse, available on The Contender, available on all platforms. Thank you for watching live if you did. Thank you for sending in comments if you did. If you didn't, catch us next time. Until then, we are out. Corners like I was a curve, I struck a nerve, and now you're about to see the southern player serve. I heard it's not where you from, but where you pay rent. Then I heard it's not what you make, but how much you spend, you got me bent like elbows, amongst other things, but I'm not worried. Cause when we set up in the party like a mouse, you